The U.S. is starting to see shutdowns again, and I've seen a lot of photo booth owners start to despair. I mean, you survived the first round. Maybe you started working again, and now round two is coming along, and you're just wondering whether or not you can do this all over again. How much longer is this going to last? What's 2021 going to look like? And will the event industry even ever come back to what it was? I know a lot of people were telling me that 2019 was an amazing year for them and 2020 was set to be even better. Most people were forecasting double the revenue that they did the year before, but we all know how that story ends. You'll be shocked to know, though, that my business, Modern Photo Booth, has actually been pretty good through COVID. And in this podcast, I'm going to tell you why COVID has changed my business for the better. My name is Catalina, and I'm the owner of Modern Photo Booth Company, and you're listening to the Photo Booth Podcast. To understand where our company is now, we have to go back to where this all started. So I'm in Canada, which we've been pretty much shut down since it started in March. We've had a couple of easements on restrictions, but we never went back to full-blown events or anything like that. So our last event was in February and we shut down our office in March. We spent about a month working on projects. I didn't let go of any of my staff, but I saw six figures walk out the door in one week. Everything we had on the books pretty much until October had completely rescheduled to the following year or later this year. Of course, you can imagine what happened to the events that were supposed to be later this year. They have also moved to 2021. We were thankful that we only ended up having one cancellation and those people actually ended up going and eloping. So we were happy that they were able to go and get married and we hope that, you know, one day they will eventually have a party with everyone and think of us again. Now, after about a month not being able to see any changes happening in the shutdowns, unfortunately, I did have to let my staff go because at that point, trying to project what what money we had left in the bank versus what we were spending on a monthly basis, it just didn't make sense. And the government at this point had not released any support for small businesses or really anyone other than um, what they call in Canada CERB, which was a subsidy, almost like unemployment but it was accessible to more people. So all my staff were able to get on CERB and that's what we ended up doing until we could figure it out. So fast forward to a month after that. So now around May. At this point, I've kind of hit the rock bottom for sure. You know, no revenue coming in, no one really knowing what's going on and we've run out of projects to do with no end in sight. So I kind of had to make a choice, either pivot like everyone was pivoting or give up and maybe move on to something else. You know, I knew that I could always go back to the corporate world. I have enough transferable skills that I can definitely go get a job. But guess what? I have staff that rely on me. I had three full-time staff members that are photographers and have a very specialized trait that I don't think they would be able to find a job as easily. I'm not saying that they, they're not hireable. They definitely are. They're great. And they would be um, awesome to you know for any company, but I don't think it would be as easy for them. And I don't want them to have to worry about that and have to think of when their next paycheck is going to come once you know the government subsidy runs out. 
So that's not an option. Closing up was not an option for us. And, you know, I really did not at any point feel that that was the right move for my business. I'm not saying that's not the right move for somebody else because it could be, you know, everyone's story is completely different. I decided that moment, I'm like, we're going to go all in. I'm going to risk it all. And quite frankly, if we're going down, we're going down like the band on the Titanic because it was going to be a hot, fiery mess. (laughs) We weren't going out quietly. So put my head down and I literally couldn't sleep. I spent days upon days just trying to figure out how to save our business. And I knew that there was something that could be done virtually. So we actually started experimenting with Instagram filters, which was something we had done before. We had done a couple of activations that had Instagram filters built into them. And we made a virtual photo booth on Instagram where you could have props and stuff. And we started giving it out for free. You know, it was just something to bring a little bit of joy. We had a wedding one that kind of made light of the fact that a lot of people were postponing and um, just started promoting that. And then Canada Day came along. That's on July, July 1st. And we made one, an Instagram filter for that. And that got over 30,000 impressions in one day. So, you know, we kind of just kept rolling with the virtual and we're like, okay, there's something here. And then the virtual booth started rolling out. So once that software came out, I started signing up for every single one that I could find and testing and seeing how we could apply this and seeing if there was even a market for it because I felt like the industry hadn't caught up yet. All of this stuff was being released, but I still wasn't seeing any inquiries from our planners or from any of our customers saying, hey, I want a virtual product. And then it dawned on me that nobody knows about this. Virtual events are something that are super, super new. There is like five people in the world, I think probably more, but around that, that were actually doing virtual events before. And now it's like their time to shine because, you know, Zoom and all of these virtual worlds that had been trying to marry the virtual with the in-person probably never got the traction that they did like they are right now. They exploded. So many companies I've heard of that have actually just you know, exploded into the market of virtual. And this was the kick they need. Unfortunately, it obviously comes at a price to everyone else. But but that realization that nobody knew what was going on and I had some information, I had a tool that they could use for a virtual event that would be something more than a Zoom meeting. So we started going hard on virtual. We started creating a ton of marketing material, videos, literally anything we could. And then I started joining all of the networking events, which I was doing, but now I made an effort to do more and to try and be more vocal, try and ask questions about what these planners are doing. And nobody knew. Everyone was kind of hoping that there was somebody in the room that could help them. So then I started researching as much as I could about virtual events. What are the platforms that are available out there? I started joining as many of them as I could so that I could experience them firsthand and see what some of the pain points were for people. And as I started doing that, I started learning. We started applying this to all of our um, marketing material. We were playing around with it. And then we started, you know, having to like reach out to people and we started doing newsletters. And I decided that we were going to really be informative for our clients and we were going to tell them what was available to them so that they wouldn't have to go any further. So funny enough, after all of this, we now find ourselves in December And this actually started happening in August. So let me backtrack a bit. In July, I hired back all of my staff. We were very lucky here in Canada to get a wage subsidy that was paying for a portion of all the payroll. Now, it's not the same as, you know, 
it's not like they're paying all my payroll, but it is a good chunk of it, depending on how much of your revenue you lost. And so I was able to bring them back and have them really focus on doing the day-to-day tasks and, you know, learning about all of this software. And then I was going to focus on the business development side of things and the information and, and being that resource for everyone. And as we started putting in all these steps into play about education and making sure that we had regular blog posts that were going out and having all this information in every social post that we did and you know just really making sure that we were sending that message to people saying like we are a source for you to come to if you need to know about virtual events. So now we're in December and we finally are going into our second month of Ghent of having straight revenue. And I don't mean just like a couple of, you know, events here and there. We've done over 60 virtual events now since, I'm going to say since like July, since that's when they actually started happening. And we're doing anywhere between, you know, three to 10 every single week because we can do so many. So this is, interestingly enough, I'm going to go over four reasons that COVID has actually changed my business for the better. And I never thought that I would be sitting here in December saying, I actually see this working again, but it does. And I, I'm going to tell you guys why these four change, like what these four changes were, but then I'm also going to tell you what you need to start doing today. If you want to start getting back to things, because this isn't going anywhere. Virtual events are not going anywhere anytime soon. We're going to have these for a minimum of two years, maybe even three until things start to get normal again. So the first thing that COVID did for my business that was a positive is it made expansion much, much easier. In December, we oftentimes had weekends where we would have, you know, seven to 10 events in one night. And that for me meant that I had to have twice as many staff on site. So if we had 10 events, that was 20 bodies we needed to have at events and then two people monitoring those check-ins for the physical events being runners or anything like that in case there was any equipment breakdowns. That's a lot of people that you need to have on payroll and trained and, you know, available to work, especially during the holiday season. With virtual events, though, we can have 10 events running at the exact same time and one person monitoring them which is amazing. I don't have to worry about hiring all of these part-time staff and training them and hoping to God that they show up and they don't break our equipment or anything like that. So this is huge in terms of expansion because like I said, we're bringing in the same amount of events at the same amount of revenue almost. And I have way less overhead costs now because of the personnel. Events are also less stressful. So this is number two. So again, when it was live events, we had to worry about all the backups. We had to make sure that, you know, our software was updated, that we tested the prints and we tested, you know, all of the cables and that kind of stuff. We had to have backup kits and, you know, making sure that somebody arrived on time. It snows a lot here in Canada in the wintertime. And sometimes you're leaving for an event an hour and a half just to make sure that you don't get stuck in a snowstorm. I remember last year we had our our busiest December was a massive snowstorm and I'm trying to drive a trailer that has like five different photo booths in it through the snow and it was not fun (laughs) trying to go through the other side of the city that was just snow covered streets and not enough plows. So now we don't have to go anywhere. 
It's literally all done through a desktop computer. And that one person that I have right now, who's my activations manager, can manage everything. And even if they're not around, like I can do it from my phone. I can do it from my computer if I need to. You know, you can monitor everything from one station. So it just makes it so much less stressful for us when events are running. I'm not saying that nothing can go wrong with a virtual event because it definitely can, but I'm just saying there's a lot less that can happen and you're not worried because there's that human factor isn't in there anymore. And I don't mean just the staff human factor. I mean the guest human factor as well because we all know that people can get super rowdy at events. The uh, third thing that COVID brought that was a huge positive was government funding. And I'm sure we're going to pay for this later on, but... Quite frankly, in Canada, they have released a lot of grants and a lot of government funding to help small businesses, and you really need to take advantage of all of it. And I know in the U.S., you guys had PP, PPE or PPP and wage subsidies and all that kind of stuff. And there's grants out there for you, too. You just they're not the easiest to find. So you really need to look, you know, Google searches and going to small business um uh, resource centers and finding out like who is out there that's giving out grants. Like Facebook was even giving out $2,500 grants to small businesses to help with advertising costs. So they're all over the place and there's all these programs. You just need to find them and apply for them. And they're actually a lot easier to apply for than you might think. A lot of times I was uh, scared to apply for grants because it looked like it was a lot of work and they were asking for financials and all this other stuff. But once you actually go through it, it's not as bad as you think. And one secret that I actually learned from talking to someone who writes a lot of grants is that you can actually call these people and talk to them about their grant and what they're looking for specifically and ask very specific questions about how to complete your application. Now they won't complete it for you, but you can ask them like, what is it exactly that you guys are looking for or hoping for when you're selecting someone for this grant? They're actually willing to give you a lot of information that will help you out. So because of all of this government funding that's been available, I've been spending a lot of my time just trying to find these grants and applying for them. And although I've gotten some of them, I've definitely been declined for quite a few of them too. And they do take a lot of time, but it's still learn something new out of every single grant that I've applied for. And many times, even though you might not get the, the money portion of the grant, they're willing to give you help. So I actually got a copywriter who looked over my entire website at no cost to me. And I had an SEO person who gave me pointers on changes that I can make to my website so that I can rank higher. And so we ended up going from number five to number two, just based on these changes that they gave us. So the grants might not be money themselves, but it's also consultation that is available to you for free. This is all stuff that will help you now and moving forward. And number four is my relationship with my clients became much stronger. Because I was checking in with my clients so often to see how they were doing, even if it was just to lend them an ear to vent to somebody who kind of understood, but I tried to always stay positive. And rather than mirroring you know their negativity which they totally fair for them to be negative and I just wanted to be somewhere for them to kind of to talk to I tried to be that positive voice for them and I I kept saying every situation that they were giving me I was trying to 
give them a response that gave them some sort of positivity. And, you know, that definitely strengthened the relationship with my clients. We ended up brainstorming a bunch of collaborative um, things that we could do in the meantime. And, you know, I started working with them again on a different level, which in turn is going to pay off later on because when real events, and I, I don't know why I keep saying real events because virtual events are real events. <laughs> when live events come back, you know, who are they going to think of? Because they're not going to think of the person who disappeared during this entire thing. They're going to think of the person who was there, who was at all the meetings, who was giving some information, who was helping them to, you know, thrive as a business as well. And I can't tell you how many planners I've talked to who didn't even think of trying to do virtual stuff have now done it because we started giving them material for for um, showing their clients virtual photo booths. And then from that virtual photo booth, they're like, I'm going to try and find you more stuff. And they tried to get other virtual interactive events happening for their clients, especially right now during the holiday season. So pick up the phone, talk to your clients, talk to anyone, go and join all of those networking groups because everyone right now is feeling it. And if you can keep a positive mindset throughout all of this, because there really is opportunity in all of this. If you would have told me six or seven months ago that my entire business was going to change to this, I don't, I wouldn't have believed you. And I certainly wouldn't have thought that we would be able to bring our revenue back up to something that is somewhat comparable to what we were doing before. I think that one thing we do need to talk about though is how you can get this motivation back. Cause I'm sure a lot of people are kind of in that funk where it's like, you just don't know what to do. It's overwhelming, you know? And I, I was there, I was, trying to get my business back. I didn't know where to start. And every time I would try to start, it was just so overwhelming because I kept thinking about like, okay, well, if I do this and this is going to happen, this and this, oh my God, and then I have to do all of this. And it just seemed like way too much. And trying to plan for the future when you have zero clue as to what's going on. Like there's, there's nothing other than like reference to, you know, the Spanish flu in the 1800s. Like that's kind of a reference, but not really. Things have changed a lot. So there's nothing to compare. So trying to plan for the future is impossible. Um, I, you know, I really wanted to try and take that stress off. And aside from eating cake every night, the only thing I could come up with was just going day by day and trying to do one thing every single day that would help my business, whether that was reading two articles about virtual events or trying to find a virtual platform, or trying to, you know, see an article about what event planners are doing, or how the wedding industry is changing, anything. One, if it's only one thing, then that's fine. But you'll notice that once you do that one thing, you're going to want to do more. And then you'll kind of just end up in this rabbit hole where you're just going from one article to the other, just consuming all of this information. And that one little step is really all that you need. So stop looking at how you can, you know, look at the future and just start with one little thing that you can do that day. And maybe it's as small as getting out of your jammies and washing your hair and, you know, getting ready as if you were actually going somewhere today. So the next thing I want you to actually try to do is, like I said, check in with your clients, be supportive. Misery loves company, but also forcing yourself to be positive for someone else's sake actually helps you have a more positive outcome. I started calling my clients and talking about the positive things that were happening, like all the events that would be coming up once this all passed or like how amazing our 2021 was going to be or like think of all the budget that we're going to have for all these events. We can actually do all those really cool things we wanted to do. And, you know, 
the crazy things started happening that I started believing in myself again too. Even though it was like one of those fake it till you make it moments, which I really need to make my tagline because it's literally how I get through life I feel like right now. I started making virtual photo booths and this is something you can do right now. So uh, you guys know about Salsa app. They have a virtual photo booth. If you have not signed up for Salsa app, go sign up for it now, app at photoboothsupplyco.com. You get a 30-day free trial of their entire pro subscription, which includes a virtual photo booth. There are other virtual photo booth software out there, so please do your homework, but I am a I love this one because it's dead simple and you can literally have a virtual photo booth live in under five minutes. So start making virtual booth demos. So go sign up for the app right now and I want you to create three demos. One for a wedding. You're going to brand it like a wedding. You're going to do one for a holiday corporate event because it is December and people are scrambling right now. So just, you know, grab one of the Christmas templates, throw it on there little blue, green, or red coloring and, you know, change your text to make it look a little bit more corporate -y. And that's going to be your second one. And then your third one can be like a conference or something like that. So create those three demos and start sending them out to people. Um, I would even take it a step further that if you actually have a planner that you work with, make a virtual booth that's branded to them so that they see their logo on it and their colors and send them that virtual booth and say, here, I have a virtual booth for you. I want you to send this to your clients. Here's how it works. Get on a Google Hangout or a Zoom and do a screen share with them. Show them how it works and show them the features that it has. And then they're going to want to show that to their clients and it has their branding on it. So you know they're going to want to hustle that even harder than if it had your branding on it. Then they're going to come to you with those virtual events. You can start also posting screen recordings because virtual booths are actually on your phone or on your computer. You can just record your screen of you going through the entire process and that can be your how-to video. It's super easy. It takes just a couple of seconds. Go find some nice window light, get a blank wall, start taking pictures, make some funny faces. This is all content that you can now post on your website, share it on social media, share it in emails, anything like that. Just start creating some marketing material for yourself. Photoboost Supply Co. again does give you marketing material if you do sign up for uh, the app or buy one of their booths, but you can create it really easily yourself by just doing one of the, the demos, loading it on your phone, hitting that screen record, and start recording some of your sessions with the virtual booth. Before I wrap this up, I want to tell you five things that nobody tells you about running a photo booth business during COVID. So if you don't listen to anything about this podcast, please listen to these five things. Um, your clients are freaking out just as much as you are. They literally need somebody there for them as well. And when I talk about clients, I'm talking about planners, venue coordinators, anyone who's in the event industry. You can be a reasoning of hope for them and you can help them understand and educate them as to what is out there. So don't feel like you are pushing a product. It's not like you're just pushing a photo booth. You are now offering them a solution to a problem that they have and all of their clients have. So you are literally the answer to their problem. If you want to target weddings, you need to be in all of the wedding forums out there. Couples are having to cut their guest list by a lot and international travel isn't happening. So even if you're in a state where weddings are still a lot, uh, allowed, there's a lot of people there that should have been at that wedding that aren't going to be able to be at that wedding. 
And these couples have no idea that they have a product available to them other than live streaming. If you told these people that they can have a physical photo booth at their 50 person wedding and also have a virtual booth for all of their guests that weren't able to make it, they are going to love that. So again, with the salsa booth, you can have a virtual event that is running on any browser, any laptop or phone, and it'll actually link into the same event at the physical event, meaning that you'll have one live gallery collecting all of the pictures from the physical event and the virtual booth event. So just make sure that you get into all those forums, you let them know what's happening, follow the rules, of course, but you need to tell people what is available because they have no idea that this service even exists. Third thing is that virtual booths are not going anywhere. Planners right now for 2021, for spring, summer, and fall, we are seeing hybrid events, meaning that they are planning an in-person portion and they're planning a virtual portion. Portion. Wow a virtual portion. <laughs> Even if we get a vaccine and that releases out in January and everyone were to take it, we're looking at three months minimum. But let's be real, not everyone is going to be taking that vaccine. And it's probably going to take a good year to build up enough people being vaccinated or wanting to be vaccinated to return to anything that seems like normalcy that we had before. And even then, it's going to be even slower than that with international restrictions and other countries not being able to catch up with us. So realistically, while we might have in-person events happening somewhere around fall of next year, it is going to be a hybrid event and they're going to continue to be hybrid events well into 2022. Number four is you just need to do one thing. Just make one demo and please send it out to everyone you know. Post it on your social accounts, send it to your friends, text it to your family, anything that you can do to get your name out there and just keep doing it. I know it's going to seem like you're getting rejected and people are like, I don't understand. It doesn't matter. Just keep doing it because eventually you're going to hit somebody who does understand and you only need that one client to start calling you to give you virtual booth business in order to get your business back up and running. It took us from July to August to start to see the revenue come in. And then from September to October is where we saw the biggest spike. And now we're doubling every month pretty much. We'll see what December has to hold. It's only December 4th, but we're projecting to do our best month yet in December. And the last thing I'm gonna leave you guys with is to have patience and have faith in yourself. If all else fails, just fake it till you make it.